Hi there. Welcome to the Business Side of Fitness podcast. This is your host, Vanessa Severiano. Each week on the show, I leverage my two decades of experience in the fitness and wellness industry to have meaningful conversations with the movers and shakers behind some of the most well-known and innovative brands in our industry. This show is brought to you by Vanessa Sveriano, LLC. To find out more about working with me, click the link in the show notes. And now the time has come to start the show. Everyone's got a story and it's time to hear from this week's guest. Let's welcome to the show, Reagan Stokes. She's the president of Pure Bar, a boutique fitness concept with 600 locations. Reagan is responsible for building a business model and support system that allows entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams of business ownership. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Vanessa. I, I mean, being in charge of 600 facilities is a huge undertaking. So I'm really interested in diving into your background, how you got started in the fitness industry. So just to kick things off, let's get started with how you, how you came into the fitness industry and what it was about the industry that kind of piqued your interest. Yeah, I I think that most people that end up in the business part of fitness end up because of similar reasons. So you're maybe working in a totally different field and you have personal interest in fitness. Maybe you enjoy going to classes or you run marathons and you figure, well, how can I take what I'm doing from a professional standpoint and have the passion uh, for what I'm doing from day to day that I have in my personal life with my fitness goals? And so I was in operations management in a couple of different industries that was kind of missing that personal connection to what I was spending my time on and uh, found an opportunity at an emerging fitness brand at the time. And that's where I jumped in. And not only did I jump into fitness, I also jumped into franchising and both were new industries to me. And it just opened up a tremendous amount of doors and also exposed me just to this massive industry out there that I didn't really know existed until I was right there in the middle of it. And I have not looked back since. And what were some of the skills that you learned from your first role in fitness with another franchise brand that kind of equipped you to handle the challenge of, you know, operating 600 facilities? Yeah, I think that the important element that everybody has to figure out is how to take something that is kind of passion-based, wellness-based, community-based, and make sure that you have the infrastructure behind it from a business model standpoint so that you can be profitable and so that you can continue to do what you love to do. And when I look at various uh, fitness businesses out there, the difference between bigger success and, and less success really comes down to locking in that business model. And so for me, I had to learn that real fast that I loved, you know, what we were doing and the community and the clients that we were servicing. And I love the concept and there's fun branding opportunities when it comes to fitness as well. But you've got to make sure that you have the infrastructure in place to be profitable. 
You make such a good point there because I feel like our industry at large is a passion-led business. And I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs that start fitness brands make decisions based on, you know, their emotional attachment to the brand or, you know, kind of hunches. And the thing that I love about franchising is that you have the proven recipe for success and that's what you're working with, right? There's no need to kind of get those emotional attachments involved and not go about operating a business with a business acumen. That's something that's lacking sometimes, which is kind of crazy. It's like you're operating a business, but it's not set up like a business. It's set up like a hobby. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's, uh, that was honestly what led me to loving the opportunity at Pure Bar is because it was an acquisition brand at the time I was jumping in and had been very, very organically grown over almost 20 years at that point because of the passion that people had for the business. But there wasn't this business model structure consistently across all of the studios. There was opportunity to help implement that. And that's what I've done in my previous role at the emerging fitness company is taking my operational experience and background, finding solutions that are scalable as you open multiple locations and how to staff, how to document things, how to have that structure. And what I saw that Expo was doing with Pure Bar was taking that same element, you know, that business structure that was tried and true already to them because of some of the other brands they had under their umbrella, implementing that at a brand that was so strong and talk about the American dream, right? We have a brand that's built off of individuals who loved the technique. They became clients, they became teachers, they wanted to own their own studios. So they had the passion, they had the talent, they had the skills, they knew how to build the community, but they didn't necessarily have all the toolkits in place when it comes to focusing on profitability, really strategic marketing that's driven uh, or that's built around driving sales and sales can feel like a bad word in the fitness industry because you know you're there because you want to do something good and you want to change people's lives and those are the moments that you just love about what you do but it is a profit business not a nonprofit business and so we're able to put that structure and that toolkit in place for all of these entrepreneurs to utilize so that they can be set up for more success than if they had done it on their own. I love it. Yeah. And you're talking my language with people. It's funny because I think sometimes people have a hard time, you know, like if you're a service-based provider, you have a hard time asking for money because you're like, I just want to help people, but you have to be in business and making money to be able to help those people. So there's nothing bad or dirty about asking for money. So Reagan, speaking of, of, Pure Bar and the history of the brand, you know, you're celebrating the 20 year anniversary this year. How has the brand evolved to stay relevant over the course of two decades? Yeah, it's really a big testament to how unique and amazing the technique is. When Pure Bar started, I don't even think Boutique Fitness had that term yet. It was just this cool class concept. And it was very much a, if you build it, they will come because it was a unique concept, amazing concept and word of mouth really spread. And for many years, it grew organically that way. 
And then about 10 years in, they introduced franchising model into the brand. And that was another way that it organically grew, really, is, again, people wanting to take their love for the brand and whatever role they were in in their studio community and bring that to their hometown or wherever they were moving to next or a city that they've always wanted to move to. And so it, it really grew that grew that direction. And by the time Exponential was looking at the brand, the opportunity there was, okay, now we've grown organically. And if you build it, they will come and they do and they did. But how do we make sure that we stay relevant within a space that is now becoming really competitive? There's the Orange Series, there's so many other brands out there. And so the way that we have positioned Pure Bar now is with that fundamental business model behind it. So we've got the business workings, we've got a national marketing strategy, local marketing strategies to help our independent business owners, all those studio owners really know how to stay relevant and to continue to connect with their community, but drive their businesses forward. And I think people are so obsessed with technology and using technology in, in their fitness experience. Has Pure Bar incorporated technology into the fitness experience and why or why not? Yeah, so we we dabble with that. We, we get creative with it, but it's not something we've gone full force with. So there are some brands out there, right, where they've got screens and people want to monitor their, their heart rate, their calories burned at any given moment throughout their class. We obviously have some people like that. I'm one of them when I go to class, but I've, I got my watch, right? And so instead of focusing on heart rate monitors and big screens within our studios, we, we did a little prototyping just to be sure of this, but it proved you know, our theory that people really come to Pure Bar because they love the experience. They're thrilled with the results from a mental and emotional standpoint and also physical um, standpoint but they don't necessarily need to see that while they're going through their class experience. And those that do have plenty of options these days to track that themselves, which is why we um, ended up with a collaboration with Apple Watch so that there's actually an, an app so you can check into your Pure Bar class, you can track your class activity, and it integrates with our app so that all of that trackable information is there for you. And so we get innovative like that, but we don't want technology to take away from ultimately the, the amazing experience that we have going on in the studios. And that is such a good point because I think it's so easy to get caught up in the matrix of everybody has these boards and these heart rate monitors and it's a competition. All these workouts are, are a competition and it's really easy to get caught up in that and say, let me do that too. But then taking a step back and realizing, okay, who is our customer and are they a calorie counter? Is that why they're coming here to this work workout experience? Most likely not. A bar user is typically not somebody that's looking to rack up points or, or, or shred calories. That's not the motive behind it. And so finding a way to incorporate technology without, you know, getting lost in what everybody else is doing is such a smart approach. And I love that. So just next question, you know, being in charge of 600 locations, to me, when I hear that, it's like, wow, that's really impressive. How do you prioritize your time, you know, with, with so many franchise locations with, I'm sure you have a big team. How do you prioritize your, you know, where you put your time and attention? 
That is a great question. And I always want to have the perfect answer. So that if anybody's listening, they're like, okay, I'll do that. It's a constant battle every day trying to figure out, you know, what to prioritize. Uh, I think the, the main element is being adaptive so that when I come into the office or I wake up and something new happens, you know, that needs my attention, it's, it's making sure that I'm reprioritizing based off of, of current events and then delegating where I need to, bringing in team members when, you know, there are things that need attention and, and getting comfortable with putting something into a parking lot for a minute so that we can focus on whatever is the most important of the day. And, you know, it's a balancing act for, for anyone. It's a balancing act for our franchise partners. Many of us are parents. I have a daughter. Many of our franchise partners have um, their own families. And it's one of the wonderful things about being part of such a, a big system is just seeing the the level of pride and dedication and business skills and being able to learn from each other. And the time management is, is one of those that, you know, you look at different software platforms or different podcasts and you hear people and you're like, gosh, they have it locked down. But I really don't think that there's a, a magic answer to that because our world is changing every day and we just have to position our talents and our efforts and our attention on what needs us the most at the moment. You know what? I think that time management is such a hot topic because everybody in in reality struggles with it. Like that balance, it just doesn't exist. I think leadership is like parenthood. You know, there's no perfect playbook to go off of. (laughs) Everybody's doing the best they can. And sometimes, you know, you might put your time and attention in one area and then need to recalibrate and say, okay, like that wasn't working. Now I'm going to go this way and and just see, and, and it's an ebb and a flow. So Reagan, you became the president of Pure Bar during the pandemic. How are you able to successfully, kind of a little bit of a challenge, how are you able to successfully lead your team and the franchises through this unprecedented time? Yes, I never knew in a million years, right, five years ago, 10 years ago, looking at my future, that is how I would end up in a president role. Luckily, I had been part of the brand for some time prior to taking on that role. So I can't imagine what it would have been like for somebody coming in completely from the outside. I have lots of roots, lots of history as we had started going through the pandemic. And so when I took the role on, luckily, I didn't have this need to make ginormous changes. We have an amazing team, have had an amazing team and a really good, strong structure. So it was really leaning on the the parts of that structure that were strong and could, you know, withstand all of the damage, you know, and the collateral from the pandemic and figuring out where we needed to be flexible. It was being really honest and, you know, vulnerable with our franchisees and with our teams. There was no manual that anybody published that said, here's how to lead during a pandemic. So a lot of it was partnering with our franchisees and determining what they need at the local level. And that looked wildly different from state to state and county to county and being really open to breaking rules that we may have had in place before because of brand integrity or consistency and learning how to live in the gray And just being extra communicative and making sure that from the team level at the corporate office to franchisees and all of their teams that they knew that we were giving it our all and that it was a team effort. And that continues to be the case right now. We're still, you know, emerging out of this, out of the the main elements of the pandemic and every 
corner has something different around it. And it's, it's just having that great collaboration with everyone. I feel like it makes you a stronger leader, right? Like you look at yourself, I guess, you know, in, in a couple of years, you look back and say like, wow, if I can lead a brand through a global pandemic, like what can I do? Right. So what are some of, you know, there's a lot of positives of stepping into a role of running a legacy brand, but I'm sure that there are some challenges as well. What are some of the challenges that you have faced? Yeah, that's, that's actually a really great question and um, like processing it right now. The benefits of a legacy brand is the history of success, the, the experience in, in failures, right? And the learnings that come from that. Now, franchising is, is a very unique business model in itself. It's independent business owners and they're utilizing a system. There's some framework, there's some rules, of course, but it's really the business leaders at the local level that are responsible for implementation and engagement with the franchisor. And so some of the biggest challenges, especially coming into a brand that had a lot of executive leadership and ownership changes historically, we had some franchisees that had been with the brand for many, many years. So they had seen this change and promises and we're going to do this and we're going to do that so by the time we came in or I took role it's like okay now what you know or I'm kind of over hearing about changes and and all of that and so the challenge sometimes is getting them re-engaged and in the middle of a pandemic when people are in survival mode just running their businesses and making sure their uh, client communities are serviced that can be even harder so we've done more outreach we've done more things to make our interactions fun, um, really trying to break down the, the walls and give transparency about why we have certain strategies, the data behind the success, what these toolkits are, how do we use them, and it's, it's one franchise owner at a time. Now, on the flip side, some franchisees in Pure Bar had been craving some of this additional business model support and national marketing strategy, and so they are really thirsty for this type of change and they've been sucking it through a straw ever since. And it's been great because we've learned from them what works and what doesn't, and we've adapted and moved forward along the way. So there's definitely pros and cons, but it's been a wonderful experience. We've got so many great entrepreneurs in Pure Bar that have provided feedback that have made the entire brand stronger. That's great. Especially with some of those franchisees that have been in the system for a while, they have seen the evolution of the brand, they've seen the evolution of the business and they can say like, Hey, these are, you know, th those are great people to lean on and say like, what brought you success in the past? Perhaps we can tweak that. And sometimes, you know, people are resistant to change. I know I am as well at times, you know, whether that's positive or negative, you know, a positive change, even if it's good for me, I'm just kind of like, you dig your, I think it's a natural reaction to kind of dig your heels down. Like, oh wait, but it's just, you know, they say the devil, you know, is better than the devil. You don't know. And sometimes we get caught up in that. So what's the biggest lesson you've learned over the course of the last 18 months? I think the biggest lesson has been 
Well, it, it's, it's kind of uh, an extension of just getting into franchising about five years ago and, and kind of what we were just talking about. Some people are resistant to change. People are motivated by different things. When you are managing large groups of people that are your employees, right, there's a certain level of obligation, of course, to keep them motivated and uh, make sure you're giving them a direction and a path to be personally successful and personally satisfied but you also have this element of, okay, this is the job you signed up for and, you know, let's make sure we're sticking with that. Now with franchising, again, actually at the beginning of the interview, you said I'm in charge of 600 locations. I'm not, you know, each individual studio is independently owned and operated. So really my job and our corporate team's job is to inspire and provide information, resources, and strategy so that they can implement that um, at their studios and within their businesses. And so the, the really big lesson that I'm continuing to learn and trying to hone in on and, and um, get better at is how do I motivate them? How do I inspire independent business owners? And how do I provide them with the right tools for their specific scenarios while also making sure we have great brand consistency so that consumers across the country, across North America and internationally all really feel connected to a consistent brand. So I don't have all of the secrets, but I know that by being honest, by being vulnerable, by making things fun, making things more accessible, those are all steps. It's kind of like motivating your 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 teenage kids. That's very different than when you're motivating your four-year-old kids because there's a lot of independent thinking happening and we want to make sure to, to cultivate a, a relationship that strengthens, strengthens everyone. I can definitely relate to that since I have two teenage children. If you know how to motivate them, please let me know. (laughs) That's something I struggle with daily. So Reagan, how is Pure Bar different from these other bar concepts that are out in the marketplace? I'm sure a lot of people just kind of group bar together, but it's not all the same. So how would you, you know, what would you say are the key differentiators for Pure Bar? Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the holistic brand. So there's a lot of bar concepts out there that have wonderful technique, but, but we we make sure that we've got great technique that's also being refreshed. So we launch cor- new choreography on a regular basis with new music. There's a lot of musicality in our work versus some of the other bar brands and certainly versus a lot of other fitness concepts. It doesn't mean that you have to be a dancer by any means. I cannot do that. Um, But what it means is it allows you to feel your workout even more. You kind of get lost in the beat. And so there's just a really big distinction, I think, in the quality of our technique and the way that we correlate different elements of it. And then at Pure Bar, our communities are so supportive. They're so strong. They're welcoming. Everyone spends time with each other outside of the studio. There's a lot of camaraderie within classes and Honestly, when we went through the pandemic and we needed to go virtual, yes, we needed to focus on how to get our classes out there virtually. But one of our main focuses was how do we make sure that that human connection from client to client, client to teacher, teacher to teacher, all of that was still happening because that is a huge part of what Pure Bar is. And we were able to really extend that into the virtual space, but we're so happy to have it back into our studios. Nothing beats in, in real life, in my opinion. So I can definitely, <laughs> I, I definitely relate to that. You know, managing 
expectations for franchisees and supporting franchisees and then managing your internal team at Pure Bar are two different animals. How has your management style sh- you know, shifted over time with your actual team at Pure Bar? Yeah, I think uh, that's a good question. And taking a moment to think about what the right move is and making a decision much more quickly has been something we have focused on as a team that I have focused on individually, especially in uh, a leadership role when there's chaos going on. You want to execute something that's the right answer, but you can't let too much time pass, right? With make it without making a move. And so sometimes what you find out about your answer, whether it's right or wrong, is just by making a move. Sometimes you make a move and it needs some fine tuning and it's great and, and everything works. Sometimes you figure out it was the wrong move because you made a move, but that's okay because the sooner you can then pivot, the sooner you can get onto the right path. So for us, my management style has been much more flexible. Also, there's been so many things going on. It's having trust and allowing people to have those learnings and and adapt to themselves along the way. And with every decision they've made and been empowered to make and the mistakes they've been able to make and the successes they've been able to celebrate, they've had that ownership and that collaboration within them. And it it actually has made us stronger. I love that because... Teams really need autonomy to make, you know, to make those decisions. And I think that it takes a strong leader to let go of control because at the end of the day, you're ultimately responsible for, you know, the actions and decisions of your team. And it takes a very strong leader to be able to hand that baton over and say like, Hey, I trust you to make these choices. And if you make a mistake, it's okay. We're going to pivot and adapt. What are some of the pillars of operational excellence for Pure Bar? I mean, I know you have this operational background and I just love to pick your brain a little bit about some of the pillars for operational excellence. Yeah, it's a combination. So I would say, you know, on on the client side, right, the goal is to find as many potential matches for Pure Bar as possible because we're so proud of the technique, the results, the community that we offer. Now, on the flip side of that, the business part of it, it's it's leads, right? It's driving sales leads into your studio. And, and then it's giving the proper communication. So on the consumer side, it is making sure that they are welcomed. They are, you know, they get a phone call or a text message, making sure that they know that somebody saw that they're interested in the studio. We have wonderful introduction classes. So they're called foundations classes. We want to make sure people get booked in there and that they know what to expect and they get excited about it. And we learn about them if they've got any injuries, preferences, what their goals are. Those are all really important from a human connection standpoint. But on the back side, on the business side, it's making sure that we track that, that we have those steps built out along the way to make sure that those interactions happen. So really the the operational excellence is not losing sight of what we are trying to build from a day-to-day basis, which is a wonderful community that is being, you know, benefited by health and wellness and community. And on the back end, it's making sure that we know how to do that effectively. And you combine those together. And that's when you have a great brand that clients love to be a part of, and you've got successful business ownership. Love it. Reagan, if somebody wants to connect with you or they want to learn more about Pure Bar, how can they do that? They can hop on uh, Instagram. We are at pure underscore bar. 
or they can go to purebar.com to our website. Wonderful. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you so much. It was really fun to be here. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Vanessa Severiano. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If it brought you value, please subscribe, review, and share the Business Side of Fitness podcast. If you'd like to learn more about working with me, please click the link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.